Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we just want to, uh, this morning, jump into the, the Word of God uh, this morning. But just before again, just, you know, the month of January, we're kicking into a new year. And again, just to encourage people about considering what will be your faith goals for 2017. What will be your, 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 your spiritual ambitions uh, during the course of this year because it's so important we set ourselves goals naturally in the physical realm and we say I'm going to do this and do that but I think it's so important especially on the basis that God's whole plan for our lives is that we be transformed into the image of Christ that's God's whole plan for your life and for my life that I would be more like Jesus that you would be more like Christ that we would become Christ-like I mean that's God's big picture for each of us but in order to be able to do that I believe that we need to take the time to really consider and to ponder our lives you know not just to meander through another year and get to the end of the year and look back and go well you know I think it was a good life but to look back and go yeah I've changed I've I've grown a little bit I've been uh, shaped a little bit more into uh, what Jesus looks like I mean so I do want to encourage you with that and last year last um, week and a couple of weeks before that as well I, I felt the word that God was giving us for this year was the word fulfillment that this fulfillment, that this was going to be a year of fulfillment for many people, for, for our church um, um, locally as well, for our church as a congregation, but also for individuals as well, that God was about to bring to pass uh, and fulfill the promises and the things that He's spoken over our lives. Amen. So I do want to encourage you as we come into this year, come into this year with a sense of expectation. Come into this year with a sense of God has got so much more for me. Come into a, this year with a sense of God, I thank you that all things are possible to those who believe amen because i believe that this is going to be a great year of fulfillment for us locally and also for us individually as well so this morning i just wanted to talk uh the the, the title of a message is having a heart for the house amen having a heart for the church that's what we want to talk about this morning and, and look at today and you know we look around church world and church life today and many people are, are seeking breakthrough uh, it might be in your personal life, it might be in your family, it might be in your business, it might, it might be in many particular areas, but I believe the principle that we're going to share this morning has a lot to do when we apply it to our lives of bringing a greater sense of breakthrough throughout to our lives. Amen. And I want to share it with you this morning, and it's found, the principle's found in Psalm 92 verse 12, and it uh, starts like this, it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He and she, of course, shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. All the oldies? (laughs) They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. And the thought that I want to bring out there, it says this, that those that are planted in God's house, those that love God's house, those that are fully committed to building it, they're the people of God that will flourish, amen. See, if you're wanting breakthrough this year, if you're wanting to see God to do more in your life this morning, then I want to propose potentially that this principle about having a heart for the house could really be the answer to the next thing that God has for you, for the next stage, for the next phase of your life that God has for you this morning. But you know, there are many people today who disregard the importance of loving God's church. In fact, a few statistics It says one out of every four adults who possess a biblical worldview, 25%, uh, agreed with the centrality of the local church in a person's spiritual growth. 
Only a quarter of most believers believe that the local church and being a part of it and, and planted in it and, and committed to it uh, plays a role in you growing spiritually. I believe with, our, with, with all of my heart, being planted in a local church is so, so important to your spiritual growth. Amen? Another, some figures that says just as few as 18 adults firmly brace the idea that spiritual maturity requires involvement in a community of faith. Only 18% of adults fully embrace the idea that spiritual maturity requires involvement in a community of faith. And yet we see the early work uh, of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2. It says, So continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, everyone say it, and the Lord... Come on, say it like me. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord's intention was and always will be to see people added to the church, to be planted in the local church, to be a part of his house, to have a heart for the house of God. And I believe today that this is what God is looking for and wanting from people who love his house, to love the church, to love it the way that Jesus loves it. Jesus loves the church and gave his life for it. Do you love the church this morning? You love the house of God this morning? Because I believe that if you do that principle in Psalm 92, fresh and flourishing, still bearing fruit even in old age. But you know, many people don't see it that way. Some, some people see the local church as a restaurant to eat to from time to time. Yeah, some feel sometimes like having Pentecostal church pastor. So they spend some time in the Pentecostal church, a bit of Pentecostal church pastor. Others, um, the, the, the Anglican church artichokes. They feel a little bit like some artichokes. So we might go to the Anglican church for a while. Then we might have people that say, well, you know, I feel like a bit of Baptist church bruschetta today. I'm just going to spend some time in the Baptist church and get some, get some bruschetta. And then there might be some other people that think, well, I wanna, today I want to feel like going to the Uniting Church to have some, some yumboshi. Hands up who knows what Yimboshi is. Salted plums. But you could be thinking like that. You know, floating Christianity is such a slight on 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, where it talks about us, how we should be committed to loving each other deeply as Christ loved us, amen. And, you know, Christianity is not meant to be like, a, and, and, and being a part of the local church is not where we just go from one church restaurant to another church restaurant. You know, I go where I feel like having a little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, God wants us to be planted in the house of God and learn what it means to love one another through time. You know, people get hurt, I get hurt. You know, someone hurt me, the pastor didn't say hello to me today. And this, that, and, then, and we just go somewhere else and we spend a bit of time there. I know no one's like this in this place right now. I'm just saying as an example that it could be possibly Christians like that. They get offended and they go over here and they spend some time in this church. Guess what? The devil's waiting for you there too. Of course he is. Because he knows that he can offend you and then you'll just go and be uprooted and moved to the next place. No, so we can have Christians that see the local church as a restaurant. Some see it as a place to go when they need a pick-me-up. I need a bit of a pep talk. 
come with the idea, they come with the idea, you know, to, to make me feel better about myself. Tell me about the grace of God again. Tell me how much God loves me again. And we look at churches like a place where we go to get a bit of a pick-me-up, a bit of a pep talk. And others see the local church of being committed to the house of God as an optional extra of Christianity. I love God. I love His forgiveness. Jesus is sacrificed. Jesus is my Savior. But being committed to the local church, it's like, well, no, I don't really need to do that. I want to say with all of my heart, if you want to prosper, prosper in God, you've got to prosper in a local church. You've got to be committed to the local church. You've got to have a heart for the house of God. Amen. Some of you aren't smiling at me this morning. Is this good? It's, it's great. We need to hear it. Amen. An optional extra, you know, the restaurant mode, the pick-me-up mode, the optional extra of Christianity. No, God wants and has always looked for people who are committed to building a glorious church for the presence of God. Let me say it again. God wants and has always looked for a people who are committed to building a glorious church for the presence of God throughout history. When the people of God had a heart for the house of God, the blessing of God would flow every time. You see it through the Word of God. Where people had a heart for God that was demonstrated through a heart for His house, the blessing of God would flow. Same thing applies today in the New Testament. Amen. Just help me this morning. I get the whole thing that we are the church. Amen. You know what I mean? But God still wants us to have a great heart for each other. He wants us to, to pour in into the lives of those around us. He wants us to, to be committed to the house of God, committed to building the church because Jesus is committed to building the church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Amen. But throughout history, when the, house, when the people of God had a heart for the house of God, the blessing of God would flow. David was known as a man after God's own heart. He had a heart for the house of God. And in preparing it, we see in Scripture here, in First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 2, it says this, reflecting on David's heart for the house of God. It says, now, the house, now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. I love that picture there. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the, the holy house, my own special treasures of gold and silver. Listen to the words there. David's heart for building God's house was expressed in the words, with all my might. Come on, that's why it's so important that we serve with all of our might. Amen. Yay! Serve God. Come on. Gee. Jesus said, you know, I haven't come to be served, but to serve. If that's what our Savior did, then that's the way that we're meant to live as well, to serve in the house of God with all of our might. Amen. Come on. Serving God with all of our might. Then it, try and, then it goes on to talk about the next thing, that strength, he's with all my might, speaking about strength. And then I've set my affection on the house of God, talking about his emotion, talking about his thought life. He was in love with the house of God. Not only did he use his strength and his wealth and his finances to build it, he also used his emotion, his mind, his thoughts about it. David had a heart for God. David had a heart for the house. And what we find as we go on, we find that David didn't get to build the house of God, but he sought the provision for his son Solomon to build it. And we find here Solomon builds the house and what we see at the dedication 
the dedication of the house after his father David had, had spent um, um, much of his wealth, uh, much of his emotion in preparing. He passes it on to his son Solomon. Solomon then has the ability to go on and to build the house of God. I would expect with a similar heart of David as well, one that had a heart for the house of God. But then we find in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 to 2, this is what takes place at the dedication ceremony. Oh, to have a dedication ceremony like this. This would be awesome. Sorry. Getting a bit excited. I shouldn't be. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled, excuse me, the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. We had a fire here last year, I think it was. If you weren't here, it was on a Sunday night. The church was on fire. Don't you love that thought? The church was on fire. You went to that church service, you can come and say, we're on fire tonight. You weren't telling a fib, it's just the way it was. But fire came from heaven and burnt and consumed the sacrifices. And then the Bible says that, that the dedication service, the presence of God, the glory of God, the kabod of God, which is defined as, described as the weight of God, was that heavy that the priests in the temple couldn't even do their duties. Why? Where did that come from? Came out of the heart of people. Came out of people that just love the house of God. We're in love with the church of God. We're in love with the, with the Christ of the church. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. Where did that, that amazing outpour? It came out of people's hearts. You see, when we have a great heart for the house and we come on a Sunday with a heart to worship, we come on a Sunday with a heart to give, we come on a Sunday with a heart to fellowship. God loves that. Because we're saying to him, we love you, God. We love you, Lord. We love your house. And we're proving that we love, you, we love you by loving your house, loving your church. Amen? A dream of that day when the presence of God is so great in His church. Amen? That bald, older pastors won't be able to minister because the glory of God is so heavy. Hands up if that's you, this, not old and bald. But come on this morning. We want that. God, we want that. God, we, we ask you, we just continue to seek you and love you. And may our love be manifested in more of your presence manifesting itself in our midst. Amen. So just as the blessings came as people loved his church, the opposite's true when people neglected his house as well. In the story in the book of Haggai, uh, we pick up the story there. Um, the people in this book, they were 16 years into a rebuilding plan. They had it in their hearts to start to rebuild the temple of God. The temple was in ruins and they were, they were aroused and encouraged and excited. And 16 years previous to this verse of Scripture, they started rebuilding the temple. They started out with great zeal, but along the way they lost sight and they lost their zeal. How many people know someone like that or can relate to starting out strong but losing your way along the way? said it last Sunday, how sad it is that so many people who were once enlightened and infused with grace now no longer 
would even call upon the name of Jesus. How sad. So we picked the story up here. 16 years in their rebuilding plan, but now they've lost sight. And God comes through the prophet Haggai and he chastises his people, almost finished this morning. God chastises his people through the prophet Haggai because they'd lost sight. They'd lost the heart for building God's house. And he says to them in 1 Haggai chapter, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Where is it? The one before. Not there? Maybe it's not in there. But listen to what it says. Is it time for yourselves to dwell in paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? There's a bit of a, bit of a touchy tone going on there in the voice of the Lord through the prophet, don't you think? Just get rid of that screen. Just take that away for the moment. There's a bit of a touchy tone there. Listen to what he says again. Is it time for yourselves to dwell in your houses and this temple to lie in ruins? God's saying you're, you're in your home. You're, you're having this 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 time in your house but what about my temple it's in ruins listen to the thought remember about the breakthrough when we love what god loves the blessing of god comes but look at what the results were of not loving god's house of not being committed to building the house of god and i know this is old testament and i know you might be thinking well jane's old testament yeah but it's still applicable today same principle today. We have to have a heart for the house. Amen. We have to be committed to building the church the way that Jesus builds the church. But we look at the results of not loving the house of God because it goes on in verse 7 of 1 Haggai. It says, The, Lord's, the Lord of hosts, uh, excuse me, the, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I might take pleasure and be glorified. And what was the outcome intended by God for building, for people building his temple? that he would be glorified. God is glorified by people who love his house. When we come here on a Sunday, ready to worship God, he's being glorified. When we come during the week and we're serving others, God is glorified. When we come where we bring our resource and we say, God, there it is, God is being glorified. But it goes on and says this, you look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. God challenges the people's priorities. And he's saying here, what's more important, your house or my house? How challenging is that? If we read on in the next verse of Scripture there, we now see the results of not choosing to love the house the way that he was calling this people here to love the house and possibly people that are here this morning or may hear the podcast that are not loving their house. Because it goes on in verses 7 to 11, it says, Therefore, while each one of you runs to your own house, therefore the heavens above you will withhold the dew and the earth withhold its fruit. For I called a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine and the oil and whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock on all the labor of your hands. These verses here, they speak of a drought. And I believe spiritually that when we are disconnected from the house of God, when we're not planted in the local church, then we're we're not committed to building the local church, then I believe as well that we become spiritually barren. Amen? Because Jesus said, you good-looking thing, look at you this morning. Oh, you're... He said, I am the vine... And you are the branches. People say, oh, well, you know, I don't have to come to church on Sunday to love Jesus. Wrong. 
probably better to say like this. I don't have to come, uh, I believe in Jesus, so I don't have to come to church on Sunday. Yeah, you can believe in Jesus, but the Bible teaches that even demons believe in Jesus. No one can or ever will be able to convince me that you can love Jesus and not love his church. I don't care. You come and bring scriptures to me, email me, bring them to Wendy during the week. You know, you you bring every scripture, doctrine that you can, get get it all. I'll tell you at the end of the day, Jesus calls us to love him by loving each other. Amen? And I believe that the greatest principle that we can apply to our lives is being committed to loving the house of God today. Amen? Loving it, loving it, loving it, using our gifts, using our talents, using our abilities. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants us to love his church the way that Jesus loves his church. He says, and I say to you, Peter, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I say to you that you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what Jesus is into building today? He's into building his church. Amen? Hallelujah. We love the house by using the gifts and the talents that God has given us. We see a need, we meet a need. The Bible says that on that great day, God's going to stand, we're going to stand before God one after another, and we're going to give an account of what we did with what he gave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know every person in this place this morning, but maybe you're here today, you've never given your, your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. This morning, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. Amen. You may be here today and, and thinking, well, I'm, I'm not planted. Well, I want to encourage you today. Get planted. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Come on up. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Who likes hearing good news? Everyone likes to hear good news, right? And, uh, you know, the best news that anyone can hear is the fact that Jesus has actually given his life for you. Who likes to hear bad news? No one likes to hear bad news. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, often uh, we get bad news. We get bad diagnosis, doctors, whatever. But then you hear good news, and it makes the bad news, it, it, it just totally shrinks it down to nothing. The good news totally overcomes it. And the, and the truth of the matter is, the truth of, of humanity is that the, the, the bad news is that we are sinners. And, 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 uh, and, and God is so holy. He's so big. He's so holy. And, and, and um, the bad news is that, that, that we're not holy. And there's a problem. And we don't want to meet God in that state. That is a horrible place to be because um, we'll be totally separated with him forever. That's bad news. It's horrible news. Imagine if I was just to put the mic down there. We're all born into sin. We're full of sin. But one day we'll meet God. Everyone will. But the good news is that he had a plan because he loved the world. God so loved the world that he, that he gave his only son and, and, and he gave Jesus, Jesus, not only he, he on the cross forgave you of your sins, but he literally put himself in your place. That is the greatest act of love that anyone can do. And he put himself in our place that we wouldn't have to do that. And, that, and, and, he, and his love, 
He just bestowed that love upon people. And all we do is now respond with arms wide open. We humble ourselves and, and, and respond in faith. And we put our faith in Christ. Is that good news? And there's nothing you can't do. You can't, you can't earn your way. In fact, he says you, there's no way you can ever earn it. All you have to do is open your arms and surrender. How about you close your eyes with me? And if there's anyone in this place, in hearing this, and being, and once, once you receive Christ, you are in the body. You become part of His bride, His church, as Pastor Shane was sharing, which is an amazing privilege, honor, and making much of God. And if you're in this place and, 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 and you find yourself separated from God, you haven't asked for forgiveness. You haven't placed your faith in Him. You don't live for Him. You're not His disciple. You're not in Christ. You know that. You do not want to meet your Maker without the blood of Christ. So I just want to ask, if I just look around the whole place right now, if there's anybody in here who does not know Christ, raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to meet you, come and come and chat to you. If there's anyone right across this building right now, just raise your hand. If you want to meet Jesus this morning, receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Christians, pray. How about you stand with me? If the band can come up, that'd be great. Just keep, just, just. Keep closing your eyes. If there's anyone in this place would love to receive Jesus. Upon hearing the most amazing news and becoming into the, the church of God, it, you know, come, it's not a denomination. It's not about a, a, a specific church building. It's about the body of God. Amen.